Meanwhile, in the pod cave. To another edition of the Podmen. I'm Brad. I'm Brian. I'm Podman Ron. Are y'all hearing me okay? Is this okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we're testing this out right <laughs> when we start recording. After we started, yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. <clears throat> yes, the people. I I know you're probably saying that because we still haven't gotten received a whole lot of feedback from uh, the podcast. So I, my assumption is you think that maybe people can't hear us. Well, yeah, that is a good assumption. I, I listened to us the other day, so I can listen to what to uh, listen to what uh, Brian had to say about Toy Story oh, because uh, yeah. I kind of tuned them out just because I hadn't seen the movie yet. So uh, I listened to it to hear what he had to say about it, and uh, it, everything sounded a little bit hollow and that kind of like so. Uh, yeah. and in, in different in different tones, Brad, you sounded echoey. Brian, I think Brian sounded the best out of all three of us. I was, I was sounded like I was in a, a tunnel or something. I think that's so part of the course with the more of the same. Audio. Yeah, I mean, that's I don't think you're, you're not telling us anything new here. I don't think. All right, all right, all right. What's uh, interesting anyway. is I'm the one that probably feels the most hollow inside. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, we we do. We want to talk about Spider-Man: Far From Home, and Podman Ron, you had some uh, some comments about Toy Story Four. I did have comments about Toy Story Four. Comments that Brian did not make, and I was surprised. Wow. I was surprised that he did not make them. Well, I mean, I was uh, I was limited in what I could say because you hadn't seen it yet. I faded out. I faded. I faded. I'm just. Are you talking about everything that happened? I mean. I'm just but, surprised, Podman. I mean, did were you uh, a grown man going to see a, a child's movie by yourself, or did Alex go with you? Yeah. Oh yeah, Alex went. Oh, okay. Man. Okay, so two grown men. Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he cried like a, he even got a tear in his eye. Wow. Now I won't lie. Toy Story three tore me up. I didn't like that. That was a sad ending. This one wasn't really a sad ending. I don't understand why. I mean, it was, I guess, but I didn't. I felt like it was a. A very uplifting ending. Oh, well, how about that? All right, so before we go into that, though, I think, uh, Brian, you had some news you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a – I'm trying to power through it right now so I can maybe do a uh, on-the-spot review if we have time. But uh, the news broke uh, Monday – that uh, even though they solicited an issue for August and September, the Walking Dead comic book ended this week, um, and nobody knew it was ending. Just out of the blue. Just out of the blue. They wrapped it up. He said about a year ago that it was – Kirkman said about a year ago that he had the end game in place. Uh, It would be ending soon. But, yeah, it's done. It's kaput. I'm reading it right now as we speak. I'm trying to kind of multitask uh, so I can I, give you guys live feedback. Well, but, I kind of uh, read what had happened, and I was correct when uh, Brian you, you said the said it. I kind of said I, I'm bet they're going to do a time jump, and from my understanding, that's what they actually did. Yeah, it, last issue. It is a time jump. Yeah. So uh, you know, to say because because when when I heard Rick had died, which it was two issues ago. Right. I, I didn't think that was a bad idea. I thought, well, okay, now you can take, do something else with it. I always felt like the Walking Dead was, uh, more entertaining as a, uh, communities being built up and, you know, how civilization survives and builds itself back up and you have these warring factors and cities and stuff. And I thought they were really going to get more into that and let this kind of you build up and go on, but no, <laughs> they, they didn't. They just, it was truly a Rick Grimes story, and once he was gone, it was over with. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I thought it would be, there was an image, I think it was around issue 100, there was an alternate cover that they did 
And it was the only time that you actually saw Daryl or had a reference of Daryl in the comic books. But it was actually a picture of a grown-up Carl wearing Rick's hat, Daryl's um, vest with the angel wings, and then had Michonne's sword. And it was kind of cool because it was like, man, that's what I would like to see if they did a time jump or yeah, or even was- or in the TV show, right? But then they killed Carl, so... And you know what? And that, and kind of, I know that that was kind of a stupid thing when they killed Carl. But they could even do it in the comic book. They could do a good time jump in the comic book and let it keep going. You know, like in it here, but then let's start off with this time jump and start a new number one and do it the Marvel way, where they just keep starting shit over again. Yeah, be a uh, it would be truly a good sequel to the and this is maybe something he may want to do, but I don't, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe he just wants to leave it all behind. Yeah, I, I don't know, especially with another Walking Dead series coming out, like a TV series. It's like, yeah. what the hell? Like, uh, and and in, in, in all honesty, it just sounds like just reading interviews with him and stuff. It just sounds like he's pissed off about something, and he just threw his hands up and said, you know what, stop. I'm just going to end it. it just, that's what it sounds like to me. It, it, it just it seems really petty. It seems petty that he killed him, and it seems petty that he ended the book. Maybe not so much that he killed him, but it seems really petty that he just ended the book. Like, eh, I'm done. Well, and the fact that know. it's almost to the point now where I guess the point he was trying to make in the, in the issue is – now that they've established civilization again, yeah, Rick getting killed, you know, would, the person who did it would be prosecuted and the person that did it would, would face, you know, some sort of repercussions, but killing Rick didn't mean that the whole world ended. Right. You know, right. before, like having those deaths, it was like, oh my God, somebody died. You know, it's a, now we're going to have to, we're on the run again or now, you know, now our protection is, you know, now there's no safety. There's no safe harbor. So, like, the fact that Rick died and it was kind of, eh, you know, it's, like, it's just, just an emotional punch, but there was no, there was no, like, danger in the fact that he died. No, not, no, not was, before. Was kind of like a, a statement on the fact that, yeah. I mean, I guess civilization was still, uh, was returned to uh, some status quo. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't really, I mean, Rick dying, I thought was kind of a natural progression. You know, I, I didn't, it was shocking, but I thought they were really going to take the book in a different direction. And, you know, I thought that would be really cool. But then when I found out, I heard that it canceled it, I it just felt to me like there's, and maybe in a month or two, it'll all come out, the behind the scenes dramas. He, you know, so he got pissed about something and just ended it. You know, I mean, I don't know. These these artists and creators can be kind of jackholes sometimes. So they get all uppity. Here, look at you, Rick Leonardo. He's still not over. Uh, wow. Heroes gone. Still not over. Heroes gone. Now is he going? Is he going to be at Atlanta Comic Con? Are you going to uh, get your revenge on Rick Leonardo then? Maybe. I don't know. I'm thinking, I haven't looked. I doubt he'll be there. I doubt it. But anyway, yeah, um, that was, that was a surprise this week. That was a big surprise. Here's a, uh, a live blog of, uh, Walking Dead's final issue. Uh, it's set in the future and, and this character just said there hasn't been a walker, a roamer in their area in 10 years. And that makes sense. I mean, but, it makes it well. I mean, yeah, I guess it does make sense. I mean, all the walkers that are by that time, they all should rot to a point where they can't fucking move. I mean, you would think, right? Well, you would have thought before now in the TV show, right? I mean, that's why then when you get snow and water, you know, rain, you know, how are they, are they still maintaining? Right, sort of, right, exactly. Well, from uh, The Walking Dead, what could be more depressing than The Walking Dead other than toys coming to life? Oh, there you go. 
so what was talked about about this last week. And and I thought I would interject. Well, before you interject, Brian, remind us what score you gave uh, Toy Story 4. I think I gave it a three. A three, okay. And so, Podman Ron, what do you say here? You uh, sounds like you're about the same way. Oh, no, I, I give it a four. I give it a four, actually. I uh, actually, I enjoyed the movie. More so, I was kind of surprised at how much I enjoyed this movie, only because wow. the trailer said nothing for me. And really, the last Toy Story didn't do much for me except make me cry at the end, but it was... Uh, it was just like, eh. It, to me, the third one wasn't as strong as the second over the first. But, you know, when the trailers came out for this one, nothing really just grabbed me. I, I thought the whole movie was going to be about this forky character they made up, which to me, he turned out to be like one of the best parts of this movie, surprisingly. And, uh, yeah. The the whole movie itself it was a great it was a fitting uh, conclusion to Woody's story and uh, but what I I thought was interesting that Brian you didn't really touch on or say anything about was what we've been talking about how movies and trends have been going lately political correctness uh, the feminine agenda the feminine agenda it's it's we gotta I mean not not the Bo Peep character was great and. They did it correctly here. I mean, but it was still, you know, he's passing the torch on to to Jesse. He's giving her the badge. You know, Bo Peep was the pretty much the kick-ass heroine in this one, and uh, you know, it just kind of felt like them kind of pushing towards that direction like all movies are these days, you know? I mean, but, like... But they, they did make Bo Peep a little kind of hot in this movie. Is that right? Is that, yeah, they, they, they sex-appealed her up a little bit. Okay, yeah, so, they sex-appealed her up a little bit. So they gave her a little sex yeah, really good character. Yeah, it was good. It was, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying that it was, it was definitely a... It's just where all the trends are going these days in these movies is they were, this was going towards the a feminine thing. You know, it was uh, passing the torch on to the, the female characters, per se. And uh, I kind of think the next movie, you're going to have a Buzz and a Jesse movie, and Jesse's pretty much going to replace Woody. I don't have know, Woody. Yeah. get another one with a 90, I mean, it still made money, not as much as it normally does. But it still made money, and these characters are still popular for the most part. So I think I, I think like we'll get a fifth one. We're either not going to get another one, or we're going to get a shitload of them. Like is there? Yeah, there's one, it's, it's, it's like it's like right, like it's one way or the other. It's like okay, we're either you know that was it. Because they're out of ideas, or they're going to bring Toy Story out into like a Marvel type universe where you've got Woody going on his adventure and Buzz going on his adventure, and like all. I mean, it's I did well, get that feeling. It's like how we've got so many toys at this point. It was like uh, how, most of the characters were stuck in the RV the entire time and didn't even get right. any like uh, a, like movie time. Well, all the old characters, you know, they they Buzz got. Hardly any. I mean, Tim Allen must have been, did not even a day, did like a half a day's work for voice work because he's hardly in the movie at all. Um, you know, all the other toys maybe said one line or two line, all the classic ones, but you know, I, I guess you gotta move over for the new, new generations, you know? I mean, gotta, you know, I did like, uh, what was his name? Duke, uh, the, the first one. But, yeah, I, it's pretty funny because uh, I laughed at all that. I thought that was great when he kept talking about his uh, his his owner and uh, how disappointed his owner was because I was that kid. I was that kid that watched those Evil Knievel commercials and was like, "Oh wow, look at that!" And uh, all Evil Knievel would do is basically just kind of roll off the ramp, and that was it. He would never fly through the air. So that. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I mean, I would I would give it a five, but I'll give it a four. Yeah, I have a different. Right. I, I, and I said this, you know, not to repeat myself, but I said this. I think this is going to be this is absolutely the weakest Toy Story movie. 
And I think in retrospect, a lot of people are going to be like, eh, it's going to have kind of like the, uh, the, uh, Star Wars, uh, not Force Awakens, but, uh, what was the, what was the one everybody hates now? Phantom Crap. Man. No, the, the Star Wars from Christmas before last, uh, oh, Last Jedi? Last Jedi. I, it's, I think it's going to be like, well, wait a minute. Uh, Woody's gone. We're not going to get to see Woody reunited with Andy. Like, you're not going to get to see that moment or, or, or Andy giving Woody to his kid. The Woody, the Andy told Bonnie to take care of Woody, that he was special, and he basically just got, you know, thrown away as garbage. Uh, <laughs> it's weird to me, like, if you took your child to a carnival and there's these toys laying on the ground, would you let your kid just pick it up and start playing with it? These like derelict toys just laying all over the all over the ground. That's just, that was just weird to me. It was like, was some, is this a some, thing? Yeah, there was some weird parts in it, but I I feel like if I if this would have been like the first or second movie, I would have really just loved it. But the characters are not they're wearing thin, but you're used to them, so it's like, yeah, there is really not much surprising. It's still a good movie, but. My favorite line in the whole movie was the very last one. Was when uh Forky gets his girlfriend knifey. Mm-hmm. And she goes, How am I alive? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> it was just funny the way he said it. Cause it was just funny. I, they had some really good ones like that. So... Uh, Barbie wasn't in it at all. So, and we lost Ken. Ken's disappeared in it. Ken was the best part of the third movie. Like, absolutely the best part of the third movie. So, I don't know. I feel like, uh, to an extent, it was like, we didn't need this movie. No, it, like, nobody was clamoring for Toy Story 4. You know, nobody was like, what's the next chapter gonna be? Like, it was just, you know, nobody asked for it. They, they gave it to you. And they left the franchise in a really weird, bad place when it was all said and done. So, <sighs> well, yeah, I mean, they could have ended with three, but you know, at least you you kind of saw, you know, the end of Woody's story. So, you know, we should have. I don't know. I, I guess it could have either or, take it or leave it. So, I mean, I thought it was decent. I thought it was pretty good. It's probably one of my favorite movies this summer. It was probably. Oh my gosh. I'm you're, you're going, you're well, going through the range of emotions here. Well, I mean, I guess I'm just so burnt out with all the action movies that it was just kind of nice to sit back and just enjoy a kind of a funny, goofy movie, you know? I mean. Well, I think that's, that's a good lead into uh, the big action movie of the summer. Spider-Man uh, yeah. Far From Home. It sounds like, sounds like maybe. Well, yeah. uh, Toy Story was far from perfect. What, how was uh, Spider-Man Far From Home? And you, you just, Spider-Man, Ron, you just I, saw it a few hours ago, right? I just saw it a few hours ago. Yeah, so Fiamar's got a hot take. I, I saw it yesterday. I, in, in my 24 hours of reflection on the film, I feel like this Spider-Man movie is the most comic book type, style movie we've got out of the Marvel Universe. It felt very, very comic booky. I, I really enjoyed it. It felt different. It felt more like a comic book um, than an action, like a giant action movie. So it, it was. I really enjoyed this film a lot. And it had. And, and they had said that the, the not to get ahead of ourselves, but they said the end credit scene was like the probably the greatest of all time. And it lived up to the hype. I will, I'll, I will agree with you on the incredible thing. They were, they, they were the best, both of them. Both of them to me were the best two incredible scenes in the Marvel Universe. I thought that in the MCU. The movie itself, I really enjoyed the movie, but I felt like the, the second act started, I mean, the third act started going off the rails a little bit, just a little bit wonky. It's like, they got to a certain point and they started to lose me on a lot of stuff. I, the the first half, I loved it, and, and and that's not to say that I didn't like the second half. It's just it where the first half was really tight on the continuity and 
the story and everything was just really tight. It's like they just started like being loosey goosey there. I don't know, man. I, I think that's what sold it for me because I felt like well, it wasn't because of the material. I felt like the first half of the movie was on that normal Marvel movie train, kind of chugging along. And then you got to the second half of the movie, and it was like batshit. No, 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 the, the, no the, the best part of it, of that last act, was the Mysterio part where you kind of discover how he's doing all this and what he's doing. Although it's a little confusing a little bit on some part, you know, I, and I still, I'll throw this question out there, but, but there was some stuff like, you know, when Peter, after Mary Jane runs to Peter to see if he's okay, and they're, it's just them two on the bridge. I mean, all this, there's fire all around them, you know, all this destruction, and there's not a, a siren in around, or people running, or people walking, you know, he's standing there without his mask on and holding, she's just, <laughs> Walks up, well, you know. It, it's it's funny. Fire, and I mean, it's, it's like, funny you okay, say that. Kind of it's funny you say that, Podman Ron, because I had to kind of get onto my wife uh, about she was saying that uh, kind of similar type stuff is like after all this stuff was happening, and then eh, Mysterio and Peter Parker are just hanging out at a bar. Everybody's at a bar just drinking. Everything's ca- totally casual after you know bridges have fallen down or whatever type stuff. Yeah, and no and, one's, and that's another scene, and no one's walking up to him going, and we know now it's an illusion, but, right, back, you know, even yeah. Peter should have thought, don't people want to know what, why am I dressed like this and this guy's dressed like that? And, you know, we just saved everything. Why ain't anybody coming up to us? Right. So, I, you know, I, I reminded her much like I, I remi- reminded Brian about the, uh, you know, the Godzilla with really long legs. It's like, if that's your biggest problem with the movie of believing that this is real life, then there's other issues abound here. So you just got to let it go. And, and same thing. It's like, you, you do get caught up in that. It's like, wait a minute, shouldn't there be, you know, maybe Brian, this is almost to your point as far as uh, being a true comic book movie that it wasn't quite like, um, uh, you know, God forbid, I know everybody hates me for bringing up Man of Steel, but in Man of Steel, all the death and destruction that was causing at the end and people were covered in ash and it looked and felt a little bit more realistic than at the end of this where, like you said, Peter Parker's or Spider-Man's got his mask off and is just kind of hanging out, making out with a chick well, in the middle of the street. And, and no one else and is you're around. Talking about, and you're talking about Man of Steel, same thing. It's like Mary Jane, they're in the city. And Mary Jane just happens to know where he's going to be at. I mean, yeah, there he is. I mean, I mean, no one else is around. I I mean, you you can't. can't, I was just going to say real quick. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that. And why it just kind of irked me a little bit was because so much of the movie was so tight on this continuity and, and these this is probably the first time that I, honest to God, would have rather watch a movie about these classmates of his than the actual hero and stuff. Because the classmates Ouch. are great. You, you just no, want to see are. a teenage they're, rom-com, I think. No, they're, they're funny. I mean, they're actually, because they're so awkward. I said this about the other movie. They're so awkward teenagers that that's how teenagers are, just stupid and awkward. And, like, you know, the whole Ned and uh, Betty just, you know, they're in a romance. I mean, I mean, that's just exactly how teenagers are when they go on these trips. All of a sudden, they're in this romance, and, you know. Shades of Germany. We broke up. Let's shades, yeah, that's yeah. what I was about to say, Shades of Germany. Yeah. All right, so real quick. Uh, just just hold right. up. So real quick, start the movie. Uh, Peter's in New York, and uh, he goes out on, uh, he does a few uh, Spider-Man-y type things. Then there you go off on this um uh, European vacation. We explained the blip instead of the snap. It's the blip, and we we kind of learned what we suspected, which is, you know, all, all the main characters pretty much and people around some, Peter Parker were blipped away, <laughs> right? Right. And so they, they yeah, came back to the same. Peter Newt was right. blipped away, even like the teachers. Right. Right. Well, so. uh, and what, that is one of the funniest parts. No, one of the Martin Starr wasn't blipped away, was he? He he stayed, but his wife pretended to be Yeah, he stayed, but his wife pretended to be blipped away to leave, so that she could leave him. 
Right. <laughs> that was awesome. <clears throat> so they, they go on their vacation. Um, uh, what happens then? Nick Fury kind of uh, catches up with Spider-Man. They well, we're going to that Happy's got a crush on May. <laughs> Happy's right? got a crush on May. And, yeah, Peter goes off. He leaves his uniform at home. He doesn't want it to be a uh, – a, uh, he wants it to be a vacation. Right. They establish early on, you know, that, that the movie's going to be a lot about his spider sense, which they call his Peter tingle, <laughs> right. which, is, which is pretty great. And, uh, and and we we meet Mysterio, who's supposedly this guy from another dimension or another Earth, and he's finding these elementals. Uh, there's a lot of oh, they uh, what's his face? Nick Fury gives uh, Peter Tony Stark sunglasses, which again, you know, one of the tropes that I'm getting sick of in the Marvel movies is you know this McGuffin. convenience of yeah technology, to where it's like, oh Jesus, just let them work for something every once in a while. You know, right. So that's uh, going to be my next point. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of, you know, so I guess I should could have made this point, but for some reason I didn't really think about it until this movie. For the Iron Spider costume, right? How is he? How is he gripping stuff? How is he climbing on walls with that? Does he climb on walls with it? Because Spider Man, yeah, well, it's, he climbs on walls with it, but a lot of times he's using the the, the big spider legs to climb so it keeps his hands free to fight or, or do other stuff. Right, but I was just, well, you know, get through the armor is what Brad saying because right. the, the Spider-Man costume it, 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 it goes through the fingertips go through, yeah, the claw. Well, it's, it's all nano because they showed it in his room. It's like in a nano chamber, so it's, nan- oh, yeah. it's nanites. So I guess the, the, the thought is... Okay, it, fair it, enough. Again, too convenient, yeah. I say for that. Well, uh, <clears throat> but uh, you know, I, I you know you wanted to talk about it. Uh, but we do have we we when we finally find out, I guess, in Act Three about Mysterio and who he really is. <clears throat> uh, you know, that was kind of the highlight of the movie as far as the reveal. Of course, comic book fans knew that he was going to be a bad guy, and he's kind of the master of illusions and and stuff like that. But the way they incorporated uh, some characters, uh, well. I- yeah, I really dug the way they incorporated yeah, Winter cool. Soldier. So, oh no, the the, the uh, they incorporated who? The Winter Soldier. That scene where Tony comes out oh. and he's talking to his parents, and it's all that holographic. Yeah, you know, he called it the barf. Barf, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, the way they tied that back to that. Yeah, scene. They did, and I like how they tied in, you know, people that had been fired. This, right. You know, you got to see Peter Billingsley again. <laughs> Which was kind of how, uh, if I recall correctly, in um, Batman Forever, wasn't that how the uh, Riddler kind of came to be? He was a disgruntled employee of a yep. wealthy yeah, industrial. Yeah, fired by yeah. Wayne, and who Wayne stole his idea or whatever. So just just pointing out that maybe maybe Marvel is running out of ideas that they're uh, starting to steal bad uh, bad movie ideas. Um, a lot of drones I, I, that, that were around this. It was like a, I thought it was cool that it was like a team of all these, like, you know, he had the, even the script writer. It was funny about the guy that wrote the script and, and they name check, you know, Universe 616. Right. Um, but when they first get, when they first got to Venice and they're walking towards the gondolas, that guy is standing there. Right. And he looks really, he looks like a really bad stand in. Like, because he's, He's looking like straight at him when they walk by, so it's like he's not a, he's not. Perf- and, and I noticed him. It's like what the hell's up with that guy? And then later on, you find out he was the run writing script. So it'd be, it would be interesting to go back and watch it again and see all of these people Kinda that hidden. were integral, yeah. you know, as basically you know extras in the scenes. So, well, my, one of my questions is, is if his name's Quentin Beck. Wouldn't it be easy just to Google Quentin Beck and find out he worked for Stark? And I mean, he made this tech, you know, I mean, well, maybe Nick, Nick Fury didn't do his homework. Well, or I maybe mean, Nick well, Fury wasn't smart enough, right? Well, maybe that wasn't Nick Fury. What? So, I mean, is, yeah, that, is that what we're led to? So, before we get into the post-credit stuff, which again yeah. is going to be filled with spoilers, uh, so Spider-Man finds out he, he gives. Mysterio Tony Stark's AI, which is what was it called? Uh, 
hero Edith, after Edith, I'm dead. Edith, Edith. Even in death, yeah, I'm, I'm, the hero. I'm the hero. Edith. Um, so he, he gives him that, and then Mysterio's like, ah, this is all I wanted was this pair of sunglasses so we can control the drones. I mean, again, so. Which makes no sense. Slightly weak. Like, yeah, well, what was weak about that, and it made no sense to me, is like, he wants these sunglasses, but he's already controlling the drones because. Right. Well, he wanted more drones. Yeah, he only had a handful of drones. <laughs> He okay. wanted thousands. He wanted, he wanted a lot. So Stark has all these killer drones in space. That's great. There you go. And so he, he you know, hilarity action ensues. And uh, Happy rescues Peter. And Peter makes a new costume. Which, <laughs> that's my next thing. There we that go. was retarded also. I'm sorry. That whole thing with him making that costume like Iron Man did his was like, uh, you know, can we have at least a scene where he goes, how the hell do you work this? What the hell? I know he's smart, but yeah. I don't he know. he I took just, to it. He knew exactly what was going on. He took to it like a fish to water, man. I'm go. like, okay. There was some kid who lives in Queens who may, who's smart and rummages through trash for old computer parts. It's like, okay, he got, he, he got on to that, that pretty technology. damn bad. I also like that Happy didn't bring up bring a, a, well, any backup with him. He flew from you know one side of the world to the other in a Quinjet or whatever, uh, but it was just him. You know, he didn't be like, <laughs> oh, you know, we, you know, I'm assuming that he has some sort of uh, resources through Stark <laughs> Industries that he could have gotten. Uh, I don't know. Well, he wrote May a check for a half million dollars. Yeah, yeah. So he's doing something right. So she's got this little. She's got this little charity event. She's got Peter Parker showing up. And I think if you look, they had made like $20,000. If you looked at like the bar chart and Happy comes in with a $500,000 check. That is one inexpensive piece of ass. That's probably worth it. You know what? That wouldn't be bad. Uh, I have bill for that. At the end, Spider-Man kills, accidentally kills Mysterio, or Mysterio well, now, dies with his drone. Yep. Yeah, but you know, we kind of blew over like the the, um, the hologram fight scenes, which were pretty great, and those yeah, were worth seeing again because it was totally different. Uh, it was right. almost like Ant-Man, the first Ant-Man movie. Like that movie was okay. But when we got to, like, the fight scene and you were doing the size changing and the thing with the Thomas and Train, it was like, man, this is cool because it's right. no, they've I, kind of they've introduced a new way to, to kind of tell the fight. You know, it's not the same old beat, beat em up. I, I thought it was really cool. And that a lot of that, the imagery and stuff, was yeah. very comic booky. Oh, yeah, well, very, so, very comic booky. Let me ask you two, because one of my favorite 3D movies is Ant-Man. About the only movie I really like in 3D is Ant Man. Did either one of y'all see this in 3D? Because I bet no, those takes right there would have been really cool in 3D. Yeah, I did not. No. Yeah, I, I'm kind of curious on how that would look, but it was really trippy. I thought it was that's the word that came to my mind when I was watching. I was like, man, this is like trippy here, you know, watching these scenes. But like like you said earlier, Brian, it, it was very comicy book. I mean it. The scenes with uh, Mysterio flying around and everything, and and then those scenes uh, was really cool. I mean, it was it was straight out of a comic book. It looked really cool. I mean, I I enjoyed it. So at the end, Peter uh, Spider Man beats up uh, Mysterio, and uh, what happens? Then uh, we go on the obligatory. In, by the way, in, in between from the start to the finish. He pretty much tells everybody that he's Spider-Man along the way. Uh, so all of his friends, I think now. Everybody but Flash. Everybody but Flash knows. And uh, so he takes uh, Mary Jane on the obligatory flying through the city or swinging through the city. And then we get into our post credit scenes. And what we had two of them, right? Yep. <laughs> the first one, like uh, my kids like stood up and started cheering. Like with the first one. It's the thing that everybody's been asking for for like a decade. So he's swinging through the streets with, with 
MJ, that's the way it cuts to credits. It comes back, and they're continuing to swing, and he lands, and he sets her down, and she says, I'm never doing that again. Yeah, I'd like to say that that's – I love that part because, you know, all these movies, you always see the, the, the girlfriend are all just loving it and stuff. And she acted like how I would act. I would be mortified and terrified. And uh, that was great. I love that scene. I, I was laughing my ass off because I was like, oh, that's exactly how I would be. If you only knew what was coming next. So then Peter lands. He's telling MJ goodbye. News breaks. In front of everybody in New York and no one's even looking at him at all. No they're just mind. walking by like, yeah, I mean, they're just walking by like it's, it's just a regular Regular day. This guy's in off the sky. Yeah. There's Spider-Man. PMR, he's a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I get it, but at some point, you know, I'd be, I mean, someone at least looking his general director would have been... Well, I, that is wild. one of the things that I liked about the... I wish they had kind of done the, the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, because you'd always have, like, that guy on the street going, Hey, Spider-Man! Like, yeah. like, you'd always have that New Yorker screaming at him. Well, they did that in the, the first uh, Homecoming. Don't you remember they, that guy's like, hey, hey, you Spider-Man, do a flip. <laughs> and Tom Holland does yeah, it. Really. Yeah, I remember that. So, but, but really quick, I know you're trying to get to a point, but I just want to make this one real quick. There's that scene with the cops in the commercial where it kind of shows that he's friends with people, and they cut that scene out completely. I mean, yeah, I, there's an article going around about why they cut the scene out, and, and honestly, I'm like, I just, I just figured they cut it out for time. I haven't even bothered reading the article. I don't think it's anything scandalous why they cut the scene out. I, but, I don't understand why they would cut that out. I mean, it kind of it kind of shows that, especially after this J. Jonah Jason part, that he was friends. Uh, with you, just, you just burned it before we could. We were teasing uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> you just burned right, it. What are you talking about, Brian? Go ahead. So, go. so yeah, so uh, Peter lands. Uh, news is breaking. Giant jumbotron. You know, news is broke on the DailyBugle.com. You know, it's like a blog site. Uh, and there we have it. J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson is breaking the news that uh, Peter Parker has got or one that Spider-Man. Uh, um, was wanted for murdering uh, Mysterio and launching the drone strike because Mysterio uh, manipulated the video before he died of their fight scene. And then uh, he reveals that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. So you get Peter's Peter's been outed like like Tony Stark was as Iron Man. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson is established. And and they didn't recast. They kept J.K. Simmons as well, J. Jonah Jameson. Two things on that. I wish, and I don't know why. Alex is like, well, Dad, it's a different movie. They just want to make it show, look different. Why they did they didn't keep his hair? He should have looked just like he did. Yeah, he should have looked just like he did in the other Spider-Man movies with the uh, with the uh, buzz cut and everything that. That would have been great. They they should have done that. Um, other than that, um, I like the way when they revealed that he was Peter Parker. That real quick is the instant he went, he went. Spider Man's real name is Pit, and he cuts out. So you're like, ah, oh, and and you get that little like, ah, oh, he didn't say it. All right, it's safe. And then obviously he comes back home and says Peter Parker. And it was like, oh, that was kind of cool how they did that. You know, I mean, it kind of fooled you there for just a brief second. It was a great, it was a good way to reveal it that way. So the question is, where does this leave us, right? So I think the first post credit scene was designed for Spider-Man 3. I think the second post credit scene is designed for, uh, whatever the next Avengers movie's gonna be. Yeah, I agree with you there. So what do you think? I mean, I know, I wish we could all write it down on a sheet of paper and reveal it at the same time. But what do you think the next Spider-Man movie is going to be? Do you have an opinion? Do you have any thoughts? I have no thoughts. I want to say, I want to say uh, maybe Norman Osborn, Sinister Six. Well, it's, it's Sinister Six. Yeah. I don't know about Norman Osborn. 
But it's sinister. Well, sinister six. I think he's. I think Norman Osborne's going to get them together. I mean, I think mm, I he's going to be instrumental. I think what you're going to have is, and you could just it, you can do Sinister Six and have Sinister Six launch into the Thunderbolts if you wanted to. But you could have Sinister Six where it's Thunderbolt Ross leading him because he's got no great love loss for, for Tony Stark. And knowing that this kid has Stark technology and this powerful technology and the kid is being accused of murdering, you know, this guy that they thought was a hero. Thunderbolt Ross steps in. He puts together his anti-Spider-Man team. And you can do, you know, the, the fabulous foes of Spider-Man or whatever that, you know. But basically you can do, you've already got Vulture, right? You've already got Scorpion. You've already got Shocker. The guy that was building all the drones could be your Beetle, right? Uh, you throw in a couple of, couple more. And you've got your Sinister Six to take on Peter, and Peter's basically a fugitive. You know, they're trying to, you know, take him or, down. Trying to take you know him down. Uh, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, I, I got I got another one you can throw in there, which is probably going to be more the case. It's Craven the Hunter. Well, that's why I think you had Dimitri, right? I think you had Dimitri standing there because he can become Craven. He's too weak. It may be Dimitri's brother. That's Craven the Hunter. Did you see that guy? What that that guy looked like Craven the Hunter. Who's Dimitri? Dimitri is, is Chameleon. The bus driver. He was the bus driver. Okay, I don't remember. And a, and a shield. Yeah, but, but Dimitri in the comic book is Craven's brother. Yeah, but uh, who cares? So make oh. Dimitri Craven, but that dude would make a cool ass Craven the Hunter. I think that dude will make a good chameleon, and I think they'll introduce a big Craven the Hunter because that guy's too skinny to be Craven. I don't think we're talking about the same guy. The guy who was the bus driver when he yeah, you need went, to go back and watch that again. Not the bus driver from not the, the end of the movie with the double deck no, bus, right? The one that the one that shows up when when uh. Fury hijacks from the Prague. Yeah, you need to go watch that. You need to go Google that guy because you you you're misremembering what that guy looked like. Um, I hope however, he's not crazy because he has no personality. He's just kind of like Craven's more like a he's a hunter. He's no personality. Like just because they didn't give him lines in this movie doesn't mean he doesn't have personality. Just like uh, we had no idea that that throwaway kind of scene in in uh, Winter Soldier was going to lead to Mysterio. Like, all you got to do is you spill in backstory for the guy, and boom, now, now he's craving the hunter. Hold on, Alex, you call on the other line. Talk amongst yourself. <laughs> Does he want in on the podcast? Should we dial him in? Oh, no. <laughs> so, Brian, you seem like you may be the, the one who likes this movie the most here. What uh, what rating do you give it? I would... Just because I felt like it was fresh, I felt like it was the most comic book style movie of uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I feel like this movie was uh, honestly the most uh, similar to a uh, uh, a Sam Raimi yeah. sort of style. Like I've got a Sam Raimi vibe several times in the movie. I'd give this movie a five. Wow, that's good. Can I just say one thing before we uh, end this? Is one of one of my biggest disappointments though, is, although I, I I was happy to see J.K. Simmons, but my disappointment is is the hair stuff. I'm sorry, that just bothers me. You already me. said that. I know, but here's where I was going with He's that. He's really emphasizing it. What I really, when this character's role was announced, this guy was going to be in the movie. I really wanted him to be J. John Jameson. It was that uh, J.B. Smooth. I think he would make an excellent. Wow. I, I know. I think he'd make an excellent J. Jonah Jameson because he was totally wasted in this movie, this lame character he was. I mean, totally wasted. Um, I, He would make an excellent J. Jonah Jameson. Just if you want a different take on the character, if you want to diversify a little bit, he would have been it. He would have been a great, great Jonah Jameson for this, for this 
I'm glad we have J.K. Simmons. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson from the generation. He's my J. Jonah Jameson. Honestly, I would have been okay with the other guy. Wow. I I do agree that J.B. Smooth was wasted in here. And it almost, it, it almost felt like I, I, I has a little bit hesitant saying it because I, I, I do like the comic booky feel of it and everything, but it almost feels like everybody, like if you weren't a main character, then you were comic relief. There were too much, too many comic relief characters, like both the teachers, all the students. You know what I mean? I loved it was just, all the students. I, I thought, I thought all that part was really good. I felt it was a little bit too much for me. I just hope in the next movie they bring in Sam Raimi's brother to play that guy from a yeah. just to bother J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> that would be. So, Podman Ron, what are you? Where are you giving this? I'd give it a five. We still got to cover this post credit scene. This other post credit. Okay. Scene. Um, all right. I'm. I'm. Before we get to that, I'm struggling to give it somewhere between a three and a four. I think I'll give it a four just because of the Mysterio fights, but yeah. I'm basing it. So I'm not giving it a five because I don't think I, you know, the next time I see this movie, it'll be on cable and I'm want something in the background type stuff. But after, you know, I think I may have given, um, homecoming a five or, you know, I've said, wow, this was a fantastic movie. I watched it a second time and it didn't hold up as well for me. So I think that this one would hold up less under a second viewing for me. I don't know if I would watch it again on my own. I, uh, I see your point, yeah. Uh, I, I just, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the continuity with the Marvel Universe. I think it just got a little wonky there towards the end with, you know, it just seemed like the secret identity stuff was just really, really loosey-goosey at the end. And, you know, yeah. just, just, uh, just a lot, just kind of like, you know, them... The little love scenes between them two were just being forced. And I do feel like uh, if I had a complaint, not really the I can I can suspend my disbelief around him. You know the secret identity stuff. I do feel like once uh, MJ MJ was a, was a cool character in the first movie and in, and the half of this movie, but it's like like halfway through this movie. <laughs> MJ turned into kind of like a a, a ditzy yeah girl crush yeah yeah she really did it, yeah, it was weird you, right I mean yeah I'm telling you like the second half of this movie like the last <laughs> third of this movie just didn't feel like the first half it just with the characters it just seemed like it was just they were just yeah, like they're in a rush like okay we got to get through this you know let's wrap up these loose ends it just seemed rushed towards the end that's all I mean. That was my thing. But the Nick Fury stuff, uh, I don't know what that is. I, maybe it's, it's on the space station. I mean, I so, guess scrolls the good guys. I mean, has yeah, it always so, been Nick Fury? Has it always hey, you're been jumping right into it again. Like you heard, like, so, uh, yeah, so what we had is post-credit scene. You see uh, Nick and Maria Hill riding in a car, and it's just quiet, and they're looking in the mirror and stuff, and suddenly they shift back, and you realize they're scrolls. And it's Talos and, and one of the other scrolls were impersonating Dick Fury and Maria Hill. Now, earlier in the movie, Peter said, did you guys pick up on this? Peter said, well, we're the Avengers. Can't they handle this? What about Captain Marvel? And right. like Dick Fury said, don't you dare speak her name or something like that. Yeah, he said you, really weird. Yeah, You keep her weird. name out of your mouth. Like that's yeah. what he said, something along those lines. And it was like weird. What? Now, in retrospect, it's because it was Talos, and they basically worship Captain Marvel. Right, that's right. right? Well, now, that's funny you said that now, because, yeah, I thought it was weird, what, but I didn't really think about it anymore, but, yeah, that makes sense. That makes um, and then you see they're filing a report with Nick, and Nick looks like he's on a beach somewhere, and uh, they basically say, well, it got dicey. Yeah, we gave him, we gave him Tony's glasses, like you said. It got dicey there for a while, but it all worked out in the end, basically. So they're following that report. Nick stands up. He walks out. He's not on a beach. He's like in a hollow. A holodeck. Um, holodeck. He walks out. He's on some giant spaceship, and there's scrolls everywhere. 
on the spaceship. And, uh, and, and, and Talos did say, you know, I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to keep this up. Everybody keeps asking where the Avengers are at. So. And why, why do they keep asking that? Because they showed them the uh, memorial at the very f- beginning that all of them were dead. They're all dead. So why, why are people asking about these characters that were memorializing? So. Weird. Yeah, that was, that was kind of weird, but. Well, we still got Avengers, but you, but here's the thing. It's eight months later, so the Avengers are established. We don't know who the Avengers team is now, but the Avengers were probably established in that eight month period what that, what the team is, right? Just the, you know, so maybe not a huge threat, but they're still working, you know, they're still working. So is it Bucky? Is it, is it Sam? Is it, you know, is it Captain Marvel? Is it, Scarlet Witch, you know, or not Scarlet Witch, I guess she's still dead. No, she's back. But you know, who's the only, Avengers? Right? Because apparently they've established that there is an Avengers team post in game, but, but now what, they're called. They, like people are wondering where they're at and why they're not responding to things. Well, what I'm really so. sucks about that scene also though is like, okay, Nick Fury. So the scrolls aren't bad guys because Nick Fury's working with them. So right. It would have been better if they would have woken up. Nick Fury would have been a chamber of captured by the scrolls, or you know, then it would have been like, oh, "Oh, the scrolls are bad guys," you know. But now, there's also another comment that was made early in the movie that kind of teases the 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 post post credit scene was Nick and Maria are walking around, and Nick says something like along the lines of, "I thought everybody knew that the Krees were in hiding on Earth." Like he says something along those lines, but he references the Cree on Earth, uh, right? So, I mean, I'm, I, the assumption is they're flipping it to where it's the Cree the Cree Scroll War, but the Scroll are the good guys. Um, I, I, I guess so. I mean, I that's that's. that's uh, that's the thing that's, that makes the most sense at this point is the scrolls of the good guys sucks. and it's the Kree scroll war and that's where the Avengers are. They're out in space fighting this war. Which kind of sucks is because then you, you know, the scrolls are a good guy, good bad guys and, uh, secret invasion is a cool idea. So I guess. Well, just their power set leans towards more of a villain, right? I mean, it's right, deception. Right, absolutely. Like, like deception's like, like an evil superpower. And they've always been villains, so. So, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. All right. Well, Brad gave it a four. We gave it a five. So, Marvel's still on the track. But they do need to. They need to start working a little bit harder. It feels like. For me, I'm not saying they're bad movies. I'm just saying I'm getting bored of them awfully quick. Uh, oh, guys, I gotta go. All right. Well, until next time. Save it for the podcast.